Welcome to the Pitching Backwards Lefties Get Loose podcast. Here are your hosts, Griffin and Welly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pitching Backwards episode 10. I'm your co-host Kyle Wellman along with my good friend and baseball companion Griffin Fabitz. Griff, what a wild first week of baseball. Yes, dude. 10 games, 12 games in. Well, not if you're the Marlins. You're four games in. It's besides the point. Besides the point. Yeah, <laughs> we'll touch on that maybe a little bit later. But yeah, dude, it's it's. we were talking tonight. I was watching with my parents. We are watching the Dodgers and the Padres, and we're just saying, I really hope there's a 60-game season. I really hope they mm-hmm. can get a full 60 in because Dodgers and Yankees, my friend, will be a hell of a World Series. I'm confident saying that. You actually think that'll end up being them? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really? pretty convinced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are very excited after these first, you know, two weeks or so, and we are hopeful that we can get a full 60 in. But it's just been so much fun. Today I just sat down, and I just, like, flipped through games just because I could, just because there's nothing to do, and I wanted to watch, I wanted to watch the Royals in Chicago and the Indians in Cincinnati for whatever reason. Well, so part of what's it. been fun is having a podcast now yeah where people actually you know listen to what i have to say about baseball and what we talk about so like i have an investment in the mlb this year that's so much different than it's ever been where it's like hey i need to watch the white Sox game because i doubled down on them last week i need them to win we'll get into that in a little bit Mm -hmm. but like i don't just flip on the one game where it's my player playing Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like this whole world is open and you start to see some stuff where you go, ooh, I want to talk about this. Well, there's later this, this thing week. that the I don't know if it's new, but it's called the National League. Have you ever National League? National League. That yes. Sounds like something where like the pitcher would hit and, or something well, stupid. It's, ironically, it's not. They have a mm. DH. Anyways, all joking aside, it's been what a freaking weekend! Mm-hmm. What an awesome, beautiful, quirky, crazy, insane yeah. first weekend of baseball. Where do you want to start? Let's start with your White Sox because I know you're. You're chomping at the bit to talk about them. First of all, wait, before we get into White Sox, let's back it up. We looked like geniuses after week one. We killed it. <laughs> we killed it, Griff. We made a few hot takes. We'll start with your White Sox. You doubled down. You said they are going to win the AL Central. And they Winners are not in of, first place. I want that to be made right. very clear. And I am, you know, I do recognize that the Twins are unbelievably good. Twins can play. But when they were sucking, I said I doubled down on the White Sox. I believe in this team. So the White Sox today is what's today? Tuesday, August fourth. The White Sox are seven and four, winners of six straight. So they were one and four, and you're still going, Nope, I'm I'm a believer. I just, seven and four. Yep. They brought up Madrigal, which I love. Well, who got hurt today? Who got hurt today, yes. But, but what like four hits? He, he in, I, his, in his debut? The guy will hit eighty mile an hour line drives to right field and I will watch it. He's going to be a pest. Out. He's going to be such a pest. But Because and, choose, choose who do you pitch to? Do it, you give up the soft single the other way? Or do you pitch to freaking Robert who's going to, Robert, who's going to hit it 800 miles an hour to left field? And I like Madrigal that they had him like at 8-9, which is he's just like a second leadoff hitter at that yeah. point. He's just someone who can so easily turn that lineup over. I was watching today. They were, where, they were in Milwaukee today. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Ground ball to third. Moncada flips it over to Madrigal. Mm-hmm. Onto Abreu. 
for a double play, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna be seeing this for the next ten years. They finally got to they got to Woodruff, you know, mm-hmm. later in the game, and and this is you know something I was watching the game and wanted to mention, and I feel confident being able to dro- name drop here a little bit, but mm-hmm. Rick Sweet, um, mm-hmm. guy that we've gotten to know really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked with him. He's the AAA manager for the Milwaukee Brewers, mm-hmm. and I said to him a couple weeks back, I said. You know, we were talking about minor league baseball, the whole thing, and I said that they really rushed Woodruff up to the big leagues. You know what he said? Hmm. Without hesitation, he said he was ready. I said, really? And he said, I have never seen a more sure big league arm. And he said, hmm. he's got the stuff. Starting to scratch the surface, and for sure. So I see him shoving against the White Sox, and I'm like, wow, he's good, first of all. And then I see the White Sox get to him, mm-hmm. and you have a, you know, awesome baseball mind like rick saying that woodruff is the man yeah thinking wow these white Sox might be the real deal Mm -hmm. are they going to be able to stop nelson cruz al mvp griffin uh, that's another thing i what last week two weeks ago last week last week yep i said how is it too outlandish to think a 40 year old nelson cruz can maybe finish top five mvp that's kind of my hot take i don't think it's too outlandish at this point we had another week for that take to marinate the dude just hits he just hits at 40 years old walk off bombs nothing new there freaking nelly cruz daddy hacks three hits today three hits yesterday he's hit safely in four straight i i told you i i found this pretty cool stat this is from high heat stats on on twitter they're a really cool follow mm-hmm. they tweet that 15 plus rbis in the first 11 twins or if you go back farther senators games um there are four guys to hit 15 plus rbis in the first 11 games nelson cruz is the first to do it since bobby darwin king of darwinism king of darwinism since bobby darwin did it in 1972 that's That's impressive yeah that's impressive that's well over five years that's well over that's (laughs) older than us kyle we weren't even born when when bobby darwinism Whatever his name is, <laughs> Bobby Darwin was doing was absolutely thing. raking. <laughs> so I am. I feel really good about my Nelson Cruz take. I also had a take. We talked a few weeks. This is before the season starts, and we said, "Who do you think is going to lead the league in in home runs?" Mm-hmm. I stupidly said that guy from the Angels, Mike Trout, and I wish I could take that back because I didn't even forget, or I didn't even remember at the time that he was probably going to miss four or five games, which he did by going on the paternity list congrats to the trouts by the way but i don't think you know playing 50 to 55 games he can hit 20 home runs i did say nick castellanos would be a, my second choice and what did nick castellanos do one national league player of the week torched my tigers he hit his uh league tying yeah he's tied with aaron judge mm-hmm. for home tied runs uh, hit one tonight straightaway center off Shane Bieber. That looks like a pretty solid take after a week or so. So, Kyle, in a weird, strange way, these players make us look like we know what we're talking about. And I feel smart. I, I feel good. I feel really good. I I, uh, I said that I like Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis has continued yep. to be a threat at the plate. Watch, Cassianos isn't going to hit a home run the rest of the year. He's just going to plateau at six, and I'm just going to eat my words. Well... My luck, White Sox already suffered a pretty severe injury today. Potentially, we don't know yet, but Nick Madrigal sliding into third, gets thrown out, first of all, on a base hit to right field, and 
immediately tells the third base coach, starts pointing his wrist. Third base coach calls a trainer out. There is zero hesitation. He is out of that game. Well, come to find out, remember, which I had forgotten, uh, in 2018, Madrigal had a broken wrist, that same wrist that he was pointing out when he slid into third. So, you know, obviously on a personal level, I hope he's okay. Mm -hmm. I really, really do. On a hot take and podcast level, I really hope he makes it back out on the field just because I think he could be a very pivotal part in the young, exciting, vibrant team. Mm -hmm. Not only was it a really fun week uh, to watch baseball on the field, but a lot of off-the-field stuff too. Chief among them is what unfolded with the Mets, and Yoannis Cespedes just Griffin, I have been so excited to talk about this. He just kind of walked out. Which, I mean, it... I think we should preface it where he's opting out for the reason that he doesn't feel safe, right? So, I mean, that is completely, well, I completely for, let's understand Let's paint the that. picture first. So... Is the way he did it, which was... This is Sunday. Mets are playing, I believe, the Braves? Um, Mets yes, have a they're, they're in Atlanta, I believe. Yes, they're in Atlanta. And first pitch starts, and all of a sudden we get a Twitter notification. This is where it broke. That the team, being the Mets, is unable to I, to locate. Which was terrifying. Yoannis Cespedes. Yes, terrifying. Yeah. Immediately, we are big fans of Yoannis Cespedes. We listen to Cespedes Family Barbecue, the guys who literally named their podcast after the guy. Like, mm-hmm. we love this player. And he is nowhere to be found, Griff. Yeah. And, and, and truly, first thoughts, worst thoughts, is you right. start to think about the tragedy of Tyler Skaggs. Right. You know, situations like that where you know, guys make a mistake or, you know, it's really serious in other words. And so 50, 58 minutes later, the exact time Mm -hmm. was the Mets come out and say they have no reason to believe that you and is in danger, which makes you scratch your head and go, why do you release that press release? Like no one would have known if you didn't release. Do we actually think that 50 minutes made a difference that they didn't know information before? Or why don't you come out and say, we don't know where he is, but we are also not led to believe that his safety is right. an issue right now? So I, Just a bad look. So next step, they go, they find his hotel room empty, packed up, everything's sent gone. Sent security. They sent, sent security, security to his this hotel. This dude is gone, yeah. G-U-N, gone. <laughs> and he has opted out of the season, and the way the Mets phrase it is that the agent called them in the middle of the game. Yeah, they learn. In the middle of the game right. that Yo is done. Yeah. Are you ready for my conspiracy? Go for it. I think Yoannis Cespedes probably told somebody in the Mets organization, hey, I'm thinking this isn't such a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't well received. Okay. That's my conspiracy. I'm not saying I have any basis to believe this, but this right. is my... When I try to put two and two together... Yo says, I'm going to leave. They don't like that. Yo leaves anyways yeah. on bad terms. He wasn't asking. And he I was... think the Mets drag Yo and Cespedes through the mud. Now, I'm not trying to say that I know that that's true. Right. But that is my first inclination is to think, why would they say, we don't know where he is. Let everybody panic. Oh, we do know where he is. He opted out of the season and try to make it look like he just left. You can't tell me that nobody knew his decision. Only his agent knew and he just packed up and left and didn't tell the team. Mm-hmm. So by releasing that statement saying, hey, we have no clue where he is, he hasn't shown up, that gives Cespedes the bad look. 
that you think the Mets were intending to give The him. bad look more so from he didn't tell us. Right. The second statement, he's okay. He didn't tell us he was leaving until the middle of the game. Just a really weird... Weird situation. I don't think we'll ever know what really happened. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just kind of my, my first reaction to yeah. it. Is it, I just find it hard to believe that nobody knew. Yeah. His agent knew. His agent didn't find out in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. And if he's any sort of sports agent, he should have contacted somebody. I just don't like the immediate release of the the you know the statement saying yeah. we don't know where he is because I just think that is such a poor look. For an hour, you had the entire baseball world going, "Okay, is this guy okay?" Like I know you say you don't believe he's at risk but no one knows where he is and you're not What's... talking about a guy who isn't exuberant mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean when i hear you Cespedes is missing my mind doesn't think oh he's probably you know at the gym like he's been known to be wild and reckless and crazy and it's like god i hope he's okay yeah um you know at the end of the day i guess we'll never know yeah if Jonas Cespedes did walk out of the middle of the ge- the season didn't show up to his last day of work on a professional level maybe not his best look right but on the other level i see it as like when squidward would quit the crusty crab and he would <laughs> throw his hat on the ground and stomp <laughs> on it and just basically just hang a middle finger to the mets that's essentially what it was when you have security go and it's like nah my room's packed like, i'm, <laughs> I'm done, gone dude. yeah is did we think that you and would would leave in any other fashion, let's be right. Like, that maybe was not pretty this fitting. Specific instance, right, right. But like, it definitely wasn't going to be a you know a post that had a Mets logo on it, and like you know the team releases it first. It had to have been something crazy like yeah. this. Agreed. That's what makes him fun to watch. Mm-hmm. He's reckless. He hits nukes. Mm-hmm. Sticking with the NL East, Marlins are back to playing baseball tonight. They won. They Thank had like eleven God. days. Eleven days of rest. I mean. 11 days off, off. Yeah, of rest. Um, of rest. Um, 11 days of anxiety. 11 days, yes, of just being cooped up in a hotel room. Um, I think that was huge for several reasons because, um, I mean, it created, player safety aside, it looks like everyone's recovering, and mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, but it creates kind of this snowball effect of, now this team that was supposed to play the Marlins and this team that was supposed to travel to Miami, how do we do this? So many like logistical problems. Yeah. But it's good to see the Marlins back playing baseball. Um, Derek Jeter had a press conference this week, <laughs> and I think people just got more confused about the Marlins situation because there was the rumor that um, they went out to a strip club after like an exhibition game a few weeks ago. Now, you know, coronavirus just miami vibes Griff. miami vibes right Not in a good way so john Heyman, who's a national baseball insider everybody loves him tweets something about um kind of like recapping this jeter press conference he says jeter defends marlin's player says they just let their guard down in atlanta and they weren't running around a few left the hotel but just for a milk a coffee and in one case a dinner at a house didn't do a good job of social distancing but they weren't out you know messing around he says they left for a milk. A milk. <laughs> because that's so normal, <laughs> Kyle. I, I I told Kyle before we started filming, we need let's go out and let's grab a milk, dude, this week. We need to unwind. Long day of work. Yeah. I need a milk. Do you think it was like the hotel only had one percent yeah, and he's, like he's like I just gotta Sterling clear, I just Sharp gotta clear my head. trying to add on yeah. fifty pounds. He's like, I need I need two percent. Yeah. 
Mr. Jeter, what the hell? I'll say it. I'll just put myself out there. What 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 is a milk? Not even not a Fantastic. glass. It could have been a gallon. Yeah. It could have been a pint. I a just love milk. how nonchalant it was. Like a milk. Yeah. You everybody in the world will be hung up on that phrase. What do you mean you're going out for milk? And 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 furthermore, the instant memification that will become everything is as if the Marlins didn't need it enough. Right. You know, and, and a fun team, truly the Marlins are like, they have some cool personalities. Like they have some underachievers, overachievers, you know, Mm -hmm. they've whatever, but like a mixed bag of like 30 guys on that roster right now. Dude, you're talking about the captain, Derek freaking Jeter, a milk. That's (laughs) that's what we get. (laughs) Pretty bizarre, but they played tonight. And they they beat the Orioles, and so they're three and one. They've played four games, like two weeks into the season. The Braves have played twelve. The Braves have played twelve. They're in second and by place winning percentage, I think the are the Marlins still yes, at top. They are. Bedroom? They are at a seven fifty winning S- percentage. Cool seven fifty in August. If so, someone told you in August that the Marlins would be winning, that is seven fifty winning percentage. They sit atop the NL East standings with a seven fifty winning percentage, but they are one game behind. Mm-hmm. That Alex Trebek, if you're here, add that yeah, one to your right. Jeopardy. How many runs have they given him? Uh, Can you see right there? I don't have it pulled up right now. Let's see. They've probably given up like eight runs. Can you imagine like at the start of the year, you tell Marlins fans like January 1st, you say, hey, August 4th, August 5th, your Marlins are going to be <laughs> a game out, and they've given up eight runs this year. They have... I'm trying to find it. So let's see. We've got. Truly, it would have been. <laughs> okay, so it looks like they gave up two, seven, six, and then they played tonight, right? Mm-hmm. How many did they give up tonight? Three. Can't even remember. Okay, let's set let's set the under at 15 right. runs. The Marlins have given up less than 15 runs. It's insane. In August. Yeah. Um, side note, something I wanted to bring up in regards to their shortened, already shortened season, double shortened, Mm -hmm. little two, um, we might have an opportunity to see some cool young players that are going to come up. That's, yeah, there's been a lot of young Joe Adele tonight, Nick Madrigal, there's been a lot of, that's so cool, I love it. And and I'm What better time to just, you know, get some Yeah, let your guys get innings. I mean, we've seen that a lot, obviously, rebuilding Mariners, we talk about a lot, but... Like we've seen some some cool opportunities. Joe Adele legs out an infield single, tonight. and and Joe Madden said that Joe Adele's he's gonna play every day. He's gonna be up and he's gonna play every day, which I think is so cool. Which I, love it. I think is exciting. And here is my counter to that: is the Angels have that luxury? They got to decide that Joe Adele comes up. Mm-hmm. I would hate for the Marlins to be put in a position where they've lost so many players to COVID. And I say lost. Sorry, I should use yeah, this sidelined. No, yeah, sidelined. That they have to bring up prospects who aren't ready, and we've for the seen, sake of filling yeah, and we've roster, seen this right. a lot of you know really really highly touted prospects they get called up too early they struggle they lose it they never do anything. The Dustin Ackley and Mike Zaninos of the world for you Mariners fans listening, mm-hmm. I would hate for that to be the case. I don't think it will be. I think the Marlins have a great player development system, mm-hmm. good minor league. You know they're they've made the the changes necessary, mm-hmm. but I I just hope that it doesn't become a bigger issue. Hey guys, it's Welly here. We hope you're enjoying the show. If you're interested in engaging more with us, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at PitchingBCKWRDS. But for now, let's get back to talking shop.
What do you think about the the seven inning doubleheaders? It reminds me of U Triple S A, like thirteen U. <laughs> okay. Like get the boys together. Right. It's the fifth inning. We got to get things Trevor rolling. Trevor Bowers throwing one hundred and twenty pitches <laughs> in a seven inning game and goes I, the you know distance. what? I actually really like it. I don't know if. I mean, like I, we've kind of talked in the past. I feel like I'm a traditionalist in my baseball views, mm-hmm. but Tigers and Reds play doubleheader the other day mm-hmm. at, in Detroit, and it was snappy. It was quick. It was, um, you know, it's just kind of a sense of urgency where it's the fourth, fifth inning going. Okay, we got to go to our bullpen. We've mm-hmm. got to get stuff going. That's kind of nice. Well, and base baseball people, if you will, like people who have recently been around the game, will recognize. The jump from a seven to a nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's only two innings, dude. That two innings. Yeah, it makes a world. That's of a difference. three or four pitchers most of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the three batter minimum, maybe not. But you're talking about like that is a significant two innings per game. Mm-hmm. And I watched the the Reds Tigers. That was the game that I you know when Bauer was out there. Right. And when Bauer goes seven, that gives your team a chance to yep. compete for the next week. Yeah. That's huge. Just a day off for the bullpen. Right. And and I'm sure everybody loves Bauer for it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm a fan. I didn't think I didn't know how I'd feel about it. I like the idea of like kind of a sandlot vibe, you know, yeah. like get the guys together, like whatever. But it's also MLB baseball. I think um the league did a good job of enforcing that because frankly it needed to. Like needed. when you have situations like the Marlins and like the Cardinals and frankly now like the Tigers because the Cardinals and Tigers were supposed to play four. Mm-hmm. Now you got a schedule and it's like I said, creates a logistical problem. But if you can squeeze in two seven inning games, it makes things a little bit easier. So I, I think it, I think it's solid. I, I was, when it first came out, I thought you got to be kidding me. You know, all, what is this pace of play stuff? But I love it. I mean, it, Here's what I'll I'm, say. I'm also, impressed. if you're listening and you do not like seven inning baseball games, I sincerely hope that you are not a Marlins fan because if you don't like seven inning baseball games, there are about to be a lot of them. Yeah, we only have X amount of time to get in. What did you say? The fellas. Braves played twelve, and tonight's the the tonight the Marlins played game number four. Four. So you better get used to your seven. That innings. is a whole lot. And of I wonder seven if that's something that you know the league adopts moving forward. I don't see it. No, but I wouldn't but again, be surprised. But I, I'm with you on your side that that I do I do like the seven inning game. Yeah. I think that game management is very different when you're playing a seven inning doubleheader. Mm-hmm. It's just something you kind of have to watch a game, watch the bullpen moves. Am I really going to use my best arm right now? Because I might need him in, you know, five hours from yeah. now. Do you think we'll have a guy that'll pitch two in, in both games? I mean, if you have a, if if you pitch one inning and you throw what ten pitches, are you done for the day, dude? After you cool down, sit there for an hour, you know, a couple hours, at least three or four. Depends hours. on the guy. I don't think you have a guy close back to back days. Back to back or, uh, games. back to back games on the same doubleheader day, you know. I'd Funny because I thought the opposite. Really, I think you wouldn't have like a middle arm. I would see like I'm trying to think of like a Kirby Yates type who, guy. Maybe who, not like your Chapman because like yeah, you're warming up freaking yeah 800 horsepower when you mm-hmm. get Chapman going. Whereas like you think about like a Kirby Yates or and we've been critical, but an Archie Bradley, mm-hmm. a okay. guy that like 
you know, pretty fastball heavy, maybe breaking ball, whatever. Maybe. And 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 so here I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script a little bit here on you. What do you think that just because 2020, why not? <laughs> we will see a starting pitcher absolutely dominate for seven innings. And then go the first two or three. Say screw it. No. And pitch the second game. I would I can you imagine? Can you imagine like you throw a seven inning shutout and your manager goes, Hell of a job. I need you ready in two hours. Go Hey, Jimmy's mom has some orange slices. Yeah, like, I know. Go fill go yourself fuel up. up <laughs> no, I don't think that. But when you talk about like if a closer were to go and close both games on that doubleheader day, I think it just creates like this tactical thing that fascinates me. Of if I attack you in the in the top of the seventh and I retire you and I get the save and I go fastball, 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 and I'm fastball heavy. Do you stick with what works in the? second game of that doubleheader i think you skip or do you game plan completely different and go okay we attacked fastball now do we kind of pitch backwards Mm -hmm. and go you know start them off with soft stuff and then finish well i think as a manager you don't put your closer in back-to-back games (laughs) if he's facing the same (laughs) players this is all hypothetical this is extremely high this is we're talking division three baseball here folks (laughs) um no but but I think they stick to scouting report more than anything. Okay. Almost to a fault. That's something you hear a lot of scouts talk about. It's like, yeah, like he has the really good fastball up in the zone, but like, can he read a hitter? Mm -hmm. You know, Tim Dillard actually talked about that. It was Mm -hmm. like analytics are huge in the game right now. Everybody knows that, but like... The naked eye test. Right. right. So like, what, what is the it factor there is? Can he read a hitter? I think... Like, I know I just brought up Kirby Yates, but I've been watching him a lot. He's on my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. Is Kirby Yates has this ability to like flip a switch and just get a guy out mm-hmm. like you you have your plan of attack you know with mike trout you try to get it on his hands good luck yeah you know that's where his weakness is is inside you leave anything out whatever but kirby Yates has this like f- switch that yeah. he flips and it's like i'm gonna freaking get you out it doesn't matter what i throw that's what a closer that's that closer yeah mentality. i watched him last night they're up like five three in the ninth Give against the, the padres Gives up a, against the Dodgers, gives up a home run to like Corey mm-hmm. Seager. It's 5 4. Then he gets the next three guys and Strikes saves it. Yeah, wins. They win. But it was amazing because um, he looked furious. And I think he screamed into his glove after he got the last out. Yep. And I'm just thinking, man, closers are freaks. This yep. guy, you know, records a save, gets the win, but he's just not. I have seen not some there of yet, the nicest not happy. people in my entire life. And I would, I will preface this. I think some people would say the same about me that when it gets, dude, when you get into the heat of battle, it's freaking go time. Yeah. Kirby Yates, like it could be his grandmother in the box and he would fight her if it was the bottom of the ninth, the mm-hmm. two outs and he needed the last out. Do you think when, when I think of that mindset, because it is absolutely, you know, you flip the switch and mm-hmm. it's the ninth inning and it's go time. And this is something I just thought of right now because someone who has that switch is your boy Max Scherzer. The go. You, you ever think in, I mean, and he's what like mid thirties. Yeah. So give it. Let's say like five years. He doesn't have enough left in the tank to be a starter. You think he could close some games? He has that mentality, and that mindset. I mean this with all sincerity. I think you could tell Max Scherzer to compete in the Olympics at ping pong, and he would freaking do it just because he's that competitive. I agree. And that's, but like, how can you not love that? Yeah. 
and and I think we're seeing that. We're seeing a young crop of guys. You got your Nate Pearsons coming up. Oh my lord, he can who, bring it. He kind of throws hard. Yeah, I he tops like hundred four. Yeah. Anyways, but like you you know you see these guys that have these bullet fastballs. Okay, where's the fu? Mm-hmm. Where's the switch? If it's there, you get Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not, you get any you know any other guy with a good fastball. Yeah. This week was really fun because I think the first week, you know, you're kind of knocking the rust off a little bit. This week just felt a lot more, I don't know if competitive is the right word, but it just felt like, I don't even know how to real. phrase it. Yeah, it felt like, real. Like guys were ready like to Like I love seeing when Kirby Yates records a save, but he's not happy with his outing because he gave up a home run. Like that, it feels like, all right, it's go time. And, and we've brought this up a ton in a 60-game season that matters. Right, every game is Kirby heightened. Yates can get the save and know if I were to have blown that, that is because yeah. the, the Padres are a fringe team. Mm. They're good. We know they're good. Mm. But, like, they can't afford to lose the ones that they have in their grips. Yeah. You know, that's it. Because out of nowhere, you know, you have the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, that's pretty what, surprising. What are they? They've, they've, they've freaking, yeah, they're eight and two. Yep. At the top of the division right now. Yeah, and the Do- and the Dodgers are eight and four, and and we th- are fairly yeah. confident in the Dodgers. I just like, don't I just don't trust pitching to ever be a thing in Colorado. Mm-mm. I just don't see how, unless you have a team that averages seven runs a game, six let's say six, mm-hmm. be reasonable, you're not gonna win. Yeah, you're just not. I like the Rockies too. No, yeah, against them. I yeah. like most of the teams in the NL West, honestly. But um, other surprise team I wanted to bring up: Chicago Cubs. Yeah, go Cubs! They, go. Uh, that division is. I love that division so much because there are four teams at the start of the year where I think you can make a case that each team could win that division: the Cubs, mm-hmm. the Reds, the um, Cardinals, and the Brewers. Right. Pirates are just kind of going to sit this one out. But um, I think you kind of look at, I, I mean, you just can't really sleep on the Cubs. It's still that same core. I love David Ross, and I think that was like such that a was perfect such a cool move. move. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Such a per like for a guy that knows you're trying to get back to the postseason as an organization. How about bringing in a guy that has done it with this group? How about we just give him the title he actually had exactly. when they won the world? He was basically yeah. free. he was Joe, you know, Joe Madden's right hand man. Right. Like let's just give him the freaking job and let him do his thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Cubbies are fun. The Reds are fun. The Reds are fun. They're under you know they're under. They might have a an, an NL MVP there in Nick Castellanos. The way he's hitting, he he can hit a little strokes. bit. Strokes, not gonna lie. Strokes, he tied more. Aaron Judge today for the for the mm-hmm. six six. Yep, I don't. I thi- think if I'm not mistaken, I had I called Reds at the beginning of this before preseason as your NL Central. Those were favorite? like my two hot takes. It was like White Sox, Reds. Okay, and I still think I believe in the Reds. I like their chemistry. I like. Their pitching staff. I love their yeah. pitching staff. I think that they have some really cool pieces. Um, Bullpen needs a little bit of help. Right. You've got Amir Garrett to help crop some young guys, but um, I like Moose. Moose is tearing the cover off the ball a little bit here. Mm-hmm. You know, Joey Votto, you're getting what you're getting with him. He's good. Yeah. Eugenio took his, his first bomb yep. last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lineup I like, and that's some yep. guys that I'll stick with. Yep. 
All right, closing thoughts. Other than baseball's back and we're fangirling right now. Is Shane Bieber the real deal? Yes. Really do think so. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the AL Cy Young. Gave up his first run tonight. Did you believe that? And his third start. Do you think his dad yelled at him in the car on the way home? Pro- yeah, probably. Why'd you give up that home yeah. run? Why'd you hang that curveball? We it talked about that. <laughs> yeah, it's um, probably a long uh, car ride home for Shane and Mr. Bieber. With masks and all. Yeah, with masks and all. Okay, last question. Mm-hmm. Diamondbacks, pretenders or were we just wrong? Do you think that they have it in them? Um, well, I think now you look at the the their saving grace was the fact that two teams from each division gets in. Now, all of a sudden, the Rockies are apparently a contender. The mm-hmm. Padres have gotten off to a wonderful start. They're just kind of getting nudged out. You know, they are, uh, and again, we're a sixth of the way through. Wow. And they have won, what, three games? Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I, I know Mad Bum got a little. He uh, got rocked around pretty good. Yep. I mean. A little roughed up tonight. Good luck facing the freaking Astros in Phoenix. Yeah. But. I'm a little bummed. I had high hopes for this team. And, and it's been a long time since I've called myself a fan of any team besides the Mariners. Mm-hmm. I declared before the season that I was a fan of the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. I like them. I like their players. I've I've loved Cattell Marte from the day he right. was conceived. Yeah. But <laughs> but but I like I like the Diamondbacks lineup. Mm-hmm. I hope that they have it in them. I'm I'm hoping they figure it out. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. So we'll continue to watch all divisions, all players. We'll continue to monitor the Nelly Cruz MVP race. But we're feeling good, 10-ish, 12-ish games in. We're excited to be talking baseball again. We are beyond excited beyond to be talking excited baseball. Beyond excited to be talking baseball. Because we don't have to talk about sweetest swing in MLB. Right. Every just milking episode. that for three weeks. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> like well. Pulling strangers off the street. Babe Ruth. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for episode 10. We've had a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pitching Backwards, Lefties Get Loose, a podcast about all things baseball. Give us a follow on Twitter at PitchingBCKWRDS and join us in loving America's pastime.